Hello, welcome to the Brood Life Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Hall. So grab a cup of coffee, plug in your headphones, and let's have a conversation. and it's the first episode of our new season, season four, and I am excited for the lineup that we have this season. And today we start off with a great conversation that I had with my friend Josh King about what student ministry looks like in 2020. For those of you that are older like me and grew up in church and in youth ministry and student ministry in the you know, mid to late 90s to early 2000s, uh, it's not the same that it used to be. And especially being a college student and uh, studying student ministry in college, there's just a lot of things that we were taught that were relevant then that are not even thought about now. So uh, this was just such a great conversation with Josh where we talked about not only what student ministry looks like, but what the future of it is and uh, just how to have conversations and relationships with uh, students and even giving some great advice on how parents can have better communication with their uh, teenagers in their own house. So I think this is a great conversation. Uh, it's a good conversation for, you know, pastors, people who are, are student ministry leaders, or uh, just volunteer youth leaders, and even parents to listen to, just to get a better understanding of what uh, teenagers are dealing with and what it looks like to connect with them and to communicate with them. So uh, take a listen to this, and uh, we do have a contest still going on. Uh, giveaway uh, doing a mug and a pound of coffee so stay tuned for uh, more details on how you can uh, enter that contest and hopefully win a prize and we'll go into more details about that after our conversation with Josh Hey everybody, welcome again to, to today's episode of The Brood Life, and I am excited to have my friend Josh here this time. Uh, we're going to be talking about student ministry and what that looks like uh, in 2020. So before we get started on that, I just want to hand it over to Josh and let him introduce himself to you guys. Hey, what's up guys? Um, my name is Josh King. I am the high school youth pastor at Brookside Church, and I'm super pumped to do this, talk about this. It's exciting. Awesome. So uh, just to kind of get started, uh, what caused you to, you know, feel called to or uh, want to be involved in student ministry? 
Yeah, so I honestly wasn't looking to go into student ministry. Um, it was kind of um, a thing that the Lord pushed me, nudged me to uh, eventually. Um, but really, um, I think the biggest thing is just having a heart for students who were kind of like the outcast, um, the ones that didn't feel like they belonged. Um, and I don't know if we'll talk about this later, but my youth ministry philosophy is a little bit different, but um, we, I, I started off doing middle school ministry um, at Fellowship Missionary and I absolutely hated it. Uh, <laughs> I did not like it. Um, and I stopped and then I ended up helping out at Pathway um, Community Church, but I was just really drawn to these uh, particular students who were kind of not the outcasts, but they weren't very, they were, they weren't like the rest of the students. Uh, they didn't go to this, they didn't go to Carroll. Um, they're kind of a little rough around the edges, but I love them. And I, yeah, I just really felt like, okay, Lord, this might be something that you want me to do for the rest of my life. Um, and maybe my youth ministry is always going to be the ones that are not the norm, not the, the safest or the all put together, but rather maybe some of the little more rough around the edges. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, has there been anything that you've experienced so far that, uh, you know, because there's, I think that a lot of people have uh, an idea in their head of what student ministry is or what it should look like. Even people who do like going into it for, uh, you know, for a, a living or for their career like you. Is there, has there been anything that you've experienced so far that's been kind of like a surprise, like I wasn't expecting this? Yeah, I think the biggest surprise was or is um, that dynamic with parents. Um, the dynamic with parents adds a whole another thing because we have students who um, they're just kind of everywhere and it's easier for me kind of meeting them where they're at and um, kind of making that place a safe space. Um, but then it's like some parents are like, well, student ministry should look like this, or it should look like this, um, or students should be swearing, or students should be doing this or something. But I'm just like, dude, they're, they're on their journey to find Jesus, and we try to make it as genuine as possible. Um, so sometimes, you know, a student's going to swear. They're going to flip, you know, they're going to flip a student off in the middle of youth group. It's just, this is like real, like, this is real stuff. This is where they're at. And so um, we're trying to help cultivate their identity and their, uh, and their relationship with Jesus. We're helping them grow in that. But like, this is, this is where students are. And so, um, you know, we meet them kind of like where they are. But parents, I think, always have an expectation of what it's supposed to look like. And I think they go back to, well, we did student ministry like this in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, but it's continuously changing. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that's, that's good. And uh, I'm actually a product of youth ministry in the nineties. <laughs> Me too, man. And Me, I too. Me too. And I currently have a son who is in student ministries, uh, who is in high oh, school. Wow. So, okay. uh, <laughs> so I like, I, I get it like from both perspectives. I, but I think maybe because, you know, like we were talking about before we started recording, like, 
because I've been involved in student ministry before. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's helped my perspective a little bit as a parent, like knowing what goes into it and, uh, and like the work and the intentions and mm -hmm. the, uh, just kind of like the culture that you're trying to right. create. And yeah. if you're, if you're not involved in that and don't know that, then it's, I think that, uh, it takes a little bit more to understand uh, as a parent mm -hmm. what you see. And, but I also think that there should be a responsibility uh, on the parents part to right. like get to know you and understand right. where your heart is and what you're trying to do as a student uh, yeah. pastor to like reach these kids. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, and yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's, student ministry is so different right now um and kids are just so different um and it just doesn't look the same um i always thought it was going to be this model of what i've what i've seen and experienced but i'm noticing it's just particularly just for my student ministry it just looks different um and it just really just want genuine community um in a place like where they can just belong um so yeah, that's where I'm really finding out. So uh, as you're building relationships with kids and, and you're creating this culture, what do you find like students in your, that you come in contact with in your own ministry, what do you uh, find that they're kind of questions that they're asking or wanting to talk about yeah. or looking for answers for? Man, uh, man, a lot of things. I think one of the biggest things is um, how does the Bible relate to my life today? Um, so we kind of pivoted a little bit, but we were doing a um, what the heck is the Bible kind of like series theme thing or whatever. And we kind of asked some questions like, hey, like, what do you want to know about the Bible? And they're like, okay, like, why does the Bible so violent in one part? And then Jesus is in this part. And then what does the Bible say about my gay friends? And then what does the Bible say about justice? And um how did the bible come to be and so they're asking like those kind of questions and then it's also like um how do i how do i relate to the world like how do i where do i fit into this new like like place like what what's my place in the rest of the world and i think they're trying to find and ask like how do, how do i fit um because the world is kind of scary and i don't know um what that looks like so we get a lot of questions about about that and then particularly just about what makes christianity different um whereas you know we always tell them like christianity is not conservative right-wing fox news <laughs> like it's not that's not what that is but in a lot of their heads and some kids who you know didn't grow up in a christian household like that's what they believe christianity to be uh so we have to kind of uh get away from that and then also just um yeah there how does faith and science correlate how does that fit together um like should we not listen to scientists should we not it, it's just a lot of questions like that they're asking they're just good good questions um but yeah so some of the, those are some of the things um that they ask yeah, I know. And I think that's, an, I mean, that's encouraging, but you know, I'm 
an adult and I'm still asking some of those questions myself. Right. So <laughs> like to, to, uh, but that's encouraging that they're asking these questions this, mm -hmm. this early on in their own faith journey, because that uh, only is going to be beneficial to them in the long run, because they're starting like this process of wrestling with these hard questions. Whereas in my own experience, you know, I, I did grow up in youth ministry, but I like the culture mm -hmm. that I grew up in was like, these are the answers. This is what you're right. supposed to believe, you know, yeah. and, and it, it took a long, a lot longer for me and well into adulthood before I started being able to wrestle with some of that stuff and, and ask the hard questions and look for those answers. Whereas if I had had that mm -hmm. as a teenager, I, maybe I would be a little bit farther along in my faith journey or a little bit more have yeah. a stronger foundation, I guess. Yeah. We, we, one of the biggest things I've always wanted to create, cause I, I feel the exact same way. I was growing up, it was kind of more like, you know, don't ask questions, like just have faith, faith and believe and these things. But I was like, but I have so many questions. Um, and I thank God for one of the, my mentors uh, who helped me and allowed me to make that space. But we have students who are literally like, you know, they're not agnostic. They're not atheists. They're just kind of like, I don't know what I am, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of like trying to figure out what it looks like. And we were like, let's create a safe space for students to ask questions. Um, and they know, and I would hope that they know that no questions too big or too dangerous um, for them to ask because they, we want to create a healthy idea of like, Hey, you can wrestle with your faith here and you can, and it's okay. Um, we have a kid who says he's a, he's a man of science and he doesn't really believe um, in a lot of the things, but yet he comes every week. Um, and I think just because of the community aspect, but then he gets to hear um, about Jesus as well. And so um, I think first and foremost, like we try to be able to make that safe space where students can wrestle um, with questions and it's okay. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that that even in like a church setting in general, like that community aspect is so important because I think that a lot of people, adults, youth, whoever have this idea that you have to believe a certain way and live a certain way before you can come into that community. And mm -hmm. if we are able to create a community where you can come just exactly how you are, no matter what your belief or what mm -hmm. your uh, circumstances are, I think that is important because uh, everybody is looking for, just looking for that place where they feel like they belong to something and can be themselves. Like they can be fully known and fully loved at the same time. Yeah. And it's never, I, I used to hate it when Trish is like, oh yeah, come as you are and you come as you are. And then you're like, whoa, this is, uh, this is too much uh, <laughs> up a little bit before. And I think there's that, there's that mindset that comes in church sometimes. And even youth group, like, you know, we want you to be who you are, but then we want you to conform into what we want you to be. And I just don't yes. think that's how Christ modeled that. I think he met people where he was, but he didn't leave them there. And so what we hope and, and, and hope for is as the students leave, um, we call it like the backpack. We have, we hope that they have something that they can take away um, uh, when they leave. And I think one of the things is I've seen some former students um, 
talk about and just talk to is like, dude, you just talk about real life things. Um, you don't shy away from real hard things. We, we, uh, like sometimes if something happens in society and culture and it's so big enough that the students know about it, we literally will scrap what we had for that Wednesday and we'll talk about that. Um, even it's funny, we, we, we talked about the students like, can we talk about the debates? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. I might get fired, but here we go. Like, they <laughs> wanted to talk about it. And they were just kind of like, the, the, the main premise I got from them is like, they didn't feel like they had any hope for the future because they're like, man, this is, this is what we got. This is all. Uh, you know, when George Floyd died, they wanted to talk about that, to discuss that. Um, to vent their frustrations and ask good questions. And so um, I think sometimes as a church, we can learn from that. And I guess this is the childlike faith, but <laughs> you know, some of them are like, yeah, Jesus sits on the throne, but some of them are like, dude, I don't even know, man. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So looking at, you know, youth ministry today and, and like what you grew up in what I grew up in what do you feel are some things that uh, haven't changed that are still the same as they you know same maybe same things kids were, are struggling with 15 years ago as they are now and uh, what are things that are like just completely different than what they used to be yeah um, I think identity hasn't changed trying to find your identity um, who you are um, what makes you tick, what makes you click. Um, I think that has not changed. Um, and I think that's even for adults still trying to find, yep. not trying to find your identity and your activities or your school or your homework or your eventual job career. Um, those things have not changed. Um, the sense of, <laughs> is this my parents' faith or is this my faith? Um, that has not changed. We, we still, um, we try to reiterate that a lot as like, this isn't your parents' faith. This is, has to be your own choice. Um, and praise God, we have students who've gotten baptized um, and, you know, dedicate their life to Jesus. Um, but we try to make that emphasis like, hey, this isn't your parents' faith. This isn't my faith. This isn't the church's faith. This is your faith. Um, and so I think that hasn't changed. The only thing I think really the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now is mental health with students mm. um, is this, and man, I don't know what it is, but we just have a really, my generation millennials and the generation below that Gen Z, they're just really sad. And um, it's even like reflected in the music. Um, it's, it's almost just like, even it's funny it's in, in hip hop, a lot of the songs are like sad and we had like we had emo hip-hop you know with Kid Cudi but now they have like Juice World and, and X and Little Peep and like just these really just uh sad musicians and then they're seeing their favorite musicians die really really mm. really young um yeah. because of drug overdose and different things and so um just and you know it comes with technology and stuff but just the technology is so accessible to them everything is so accessible to them um we do a thing where we make 
then put their phones in the middle of the room um, and is like, hey, this time is sacred and you can be on your phone all day to the, like for the rest of the night or you know tomorrow. But like right now when we get together right here, this time is just sacred. So you make everyone put their phones in the middle, flip it over. Um, if your parents need to get a hold of you, they'll get a hold of me. But uh, yeah, just technology and navigating all of that um, I think is a little bit different since it's so accessible. I mean, they have a computer in their hand, so, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I know. And and on in the world is so much more easily accessible than yeah. it was, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I grew up in the nineties, so there wasn't much accessible outside of yeah. you know, my own yeah. little world, but just thinking of things like what's going on in like right now with uh, mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter and in uh, protests and uh, even even the election like there's mm -hmm. like they they see it immediately whereas right. I I was only when I was that age I only had access to what was on you know the evening news mm -hmm. or what I might have heard seen in a newspaper or heard from another adult and right. so. But now it's just a barrage of information yeah. and accessibility that is, even for me, sometimes is overwhelming and hard to yeah. process. So I can't imagine being a teenager who you're not sure what your identity is. You're, you're wrestling mm -hmm. with your faith. And then you have, uh, you have social justice issues. You have yeah. uh, election. You have like all this stuff that, that is just bombarding you on a regular basis and you get most of your information from social media and so i just right. like i just can't imagine being in that in that uh time of my life and having to process it when even now as an adult i have a hard time processing it yeah and i think it's funny because they have just, i mean i don't know if this is a lot of students but i know my students say they feel a lot of pressure inwardly and sometimes outwardly about having to succeed um, mm -hmm. and having to maintain. Um, they're like, I, I gotta graduate, I gotta get a good job, I gotta succeed, I gotta make a lot of money um, to live a certain lifestyle that I want to. And I just, they have a lot of pressure to, to, to do that. Um, and school, oh my gosh, school for them is just so, so much more than it was for me. Like, I, I, I graduated with a pretty, like, I had a three point something. And, you know, I, I maintained decent grades, but it was never a thing where I felt so much pressure to maintain such good grades. Um, but these kids, like, it's just like school is the, is the thing. Extracurriculars is the thing. And their identities get swarmed, like mixed into that too as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think that in itself is a little bit different. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel like with my friends and, and when I went to youth group, I used to a group in the, in the thousands, but, um, I don't think school was so, was so, uh, yeah, so much, so, so much work <laughs> like to go to school. Yeah. I, I don't think there's so much stress. There's definitely like, oh man, I definitely procrastinated and I, and I need to make something yeah. up, but there wasn't like that stress or that inward drive to be like, I have to be top of my class. I have to be this grade point average. This I'm just like, 
dude, I'm just happy to get a C. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and I had friends who were really good at school and were super smart, but I never felt that pressure to compete with them in that way. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know that's good. And I totally uh, relate to that. I don't, I, you know, we had, I was talking before we recorded too. I, I have a son that's in high school. And so mm-hmm. uh, just watching him through middle school and high school, like it's a completely different world. It's just a, like, the, mm-hmm. like you said, the pressure, the grades, like he excels and he does a good job and it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, he doesn't have to struggle with it as much, mm-hmm. but like, I can't like, I, it's just a whole completely different world. There's so much pressure socially and academically. Right. And, uh, you know, in middle school, they were already talking about like, what are you going, where are you going to go for college yep. and what yep. <laughs> pick your careers? And I was like, when I was in yeah. middle school, I just wanted to survive. I didn't know right. about anything about college. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about college. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't think we, in our society right now, like the idea of innocence and being a kid is just like, it's just not there anymore. Um, yeah. It's just not this like, like, yeah, they have fun with their friends and they do stuff, but it's like, it's still surrounded by like social media and what's happening where it's like, I don't know maybe because I'm such a nerd but like you know me and my friends are like dude let's play Pokemon let's 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 watch or play video games let's uh like it wasn't this idea of like let's put a TikTok video together and post it and see how many likes we get or like um (laughs) you know and then when we had MySpace and stuff I guess like you know we started talking like oh let's see you know let's see if we get this girl to talk to us but it was I don't know even then it was still more of like I want to hang out with my friends and like do stuff and like goof off and have fun but now it's like it seems more of this it's just the innocence i like aspect i think has almost been lost so yeah no it's good i i agree i can definitely see that as a parent as well um kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with parents as as a youth uh, student pastor youth youth leader what advice would you have for uh, parents of teenagers on how they can communicate with their teens Mm. and stay involved in their lives. Yeah. Um, The biggest thing is seek to understand and not to be understood. Um, Mm -hmm. I think parents sometimes want kids to be like, well, I do this, 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 and they try to talk to their kid and it it just leads to more frustration. but I think asking good questions, um, helping your student process what they're feeling, their emotions, their thought process, their, um, and then sometimes they're like, well, I ask them, well, how was your day? And then they're, they're like, I don't want to talk about that. Like they just got home from school. So parents like, they'll be like, I just asked my kid, how's their day? And they blow me off. Like, dude, they just had eight hours of a teacher talking to them. They just had eight, like, it's like, it's like after, after like basketball games, like I hate, like, you know, they're out of breath. They're trying to like, they're trying to catch their breath. They're trying to like all their momentum is shot up. And like, then they ask them all these questions and they're like, Oh man, that we didn't get anything out of them. Well, it's the same thing with your student. Like maybe that time and in, in the, in the car, they're trying to just ugh, like, I, I just got out of school. I don't really want to talk about my day. I, I just kind of want to decompress. Like, um, yeah. So it's just finding the right times um, to begin to talk. I even noticed that at youth group, like sometimes the kids get there and I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? And they're like, fine. 
All right. Okay. <laughs> like, like they just got out of school. They don't really want to talk right now. They just want to chill and it's okay. And so later down the line, they, you know, they're open and talking, but um, I think that, and then just asking really good questions, like finding ways to relate to your students about certain things like, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, or even just like, Hey, what do you think about what happened in the news today? Um, or, Hey, like, you know, I noticed like this hip hop artist just died what do you think about that? Um, you know, how are you feeling about his death? Um, does that, has that affected you in any kind of way? Just asking kind of like good questions like that um, helps lead into discipleship because ultimately I can only do so much. <laughs> Our youth yeah. leaders can only do so much. Um, they're with the parents, you guys, more than they are with us. Um, and so we've had in the past where parents are like, well, you know, I want you to talk to my kid about sex. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, <laughs> you need to be talking to, yes, we'll create a safe space where we can talk about that because I think that's something the church does need to talk about. Um, yeah. But uh, you need to be talking with your students about that, um, about some of these hard things because if you don't talk to them, their friends will or the internet will. So yep. I think as a church, and as parents, we should be partnering up and talking about some of these things, these hard conversations. And parents have to be willing to have those hard, awkward conversations. Um, so yeah, I didn't need some of that. And I get it, parents, I'm, I'm, I feel your pain. I'm not a parent yet, praise God. Uh, <laughs> um, eventually, maybe one day, but I feel, I feel you, I am with you. Um, your kids, I, I get it, it's not easy. Teenagers are, they are in rare form right now. And so, and even just now in COVID, uh, yes, where if it, school is just so weird for them, um, yeah. it's just so weird for them. And so they're just in the midst of political unrest and a pandemic and civil, and, uh, civil rights and all, just like so many things are happening. Um, yeah, I just, I feel for them. So parents, we're with you. We love you. We're praying for you. <laughs> uh, just kind of thinking like how things are changing and how things right. have changed. What, uh, if you're looking ahead, like say five, 10 years down the road, where, what do you see the future of student ministry looking like? Dude, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I think it's going to be sustaining small. Um, I'm not saying big youth groups are going to be completely out of, out of, you know, completely wiped out. Um, this is probably weird or probably bad. I, I, I don't think I ever deep down in my heart ever wanted a big youth group. Um, we have about like 20 at the highest we ever had. We're about 50 right now. We're averaging about 20, 24. Um, and I'm, and I love that. <laughs> like yeah. that, that, that is enough for me. Um, not because we don't have the resources, not because we can't do it, but the, the, the intimacy that we have to have with the students, um, knowing their name, knowing their story, um, being able to talk with them and not trying to have, like, just, I, I love that. Um, and I think, like, and yeah, people have small groups, things like that, but um, I don't know. I think sustaining small, even in church, uh, might be like the move, like might be the next go-to thing because 
uh, we get to break bread in the beginning. We have dinner together. Um, and then we get to just do things together. But yeah, I think the conversations we get to have every time I do a message, um, we do a, a time of just Q and a afterwards. Um, so it's not just me talking to them. They get to contribute. They get to ask questions after the message. Um, so I'll ask them like, Hey, is there anything you didn't like? Anything you have questions on anything you want me to explain? Um, and doing it at other youth groups are kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> like normally this guy just talks and go to small groups, but then it's like, oh, I get to actually contribute or ask questions. So um, having a smaller youth group has given us the ability and the freedom to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, and then I just think it's just not gonna look the same um, as it did, as it has before in the past. And this is probably terrible, but our students are like, I, I believe that they love Jesus, but they're still teenagers and they're still in the world. Um, and so they still love their Drake and they still love their Migos and they still love their, you know, X and, you know, and so meeting them where they are, it's funny. Sometimes I'll take a student somewhere driving and they're like, can I put some music on? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yep, I already know where this is going. So <laughs> I put the music on and I'm listening to the music and I'm just like, bro, what in the world are you listening to? <laughs> and they're like, oh, you ever heard this song? I'm like, no. And I'm like, all right, tell me what the song's about and stuff. And I'm just listening to it. I'm like, this is so terrible. Um, <laughs> but it's like, again, it's, it's meeting them where they are. Like, I could be like, right. no, nah, dude, turn this crap off. Like, this is terrible. But I'm like, all right, I mean you where you are, man. And so, but then I, I get to have a good discussion conversation about it. I was like, hey, like, can you tell me what the heck that song was about? Um, and some of the music I know, cause I, I know I'd listen to it, but some of the stuff I'm just like, yo, what, what the heck? Like, wh what, like, it's funny. I talked to some girls who I'm like, they listen to certain music and I'm like, but aren't you a feminist? Like, like doesn't this degrade women? <laughs> so, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, whatever, not. but I'm like, okay, sure. But yeah, so it's just, I think it's meeting students where they are um, and not holding these certain expectations where we think they should be, um, but rather just saying like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna walk with you um, in the midst of this, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And I can think, like, I can think back to early 2000s when I was still in college and we used to go to these, giant conferences about for youth ministry and mm -hmm. it was all about like media and mm -hmm. uh, books about how to do it right and uh and even since even in the past you know 15 20 years student ministry has changed drastically and mm -hmm. how it's done and what it looks like because you know students like like we said before they still struggle with some of the same issues but they like culture has changed so much and mm -hmm. uh what i think what you're saying like me and then where they are and focusing on building that community and those relationships it is where not just student minister but i think that church in general is headed in right. that direction and i think that's a good thing because sometimes we get so focused on making things perfect and looking perfect right. that we lose the relationship in the process yeah yeah and I think students can sense when you're not being genuine and yes. when you're trying to try too hard. Um, and so I think for us, it's like, dude, we, we just, we try to keep it real as much as we can. And, you know, I, 
one of the things that they always know is like, I'm not afraid to look bad. Um, I'm not afraid to boast my weaknesses. Um, I'm not afraid to call them out on things. Like, you know, it's funny, yesterday we were talking about complaining um, and how complaining is a spiritual problem rather than just uh, uh, just a thing. But it was funny when the students said, were you, were you talking about me the whole time? And I was like, no, man, <laughs> like, I, was, I was talking about me. Like, he's like, oh, I, I could have promised you were talking about me. <laughs> Uh, oh, dude, that's just the Holy Spirit, man, working in your heart. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, okay, because that got me, man. <laughs> I was like, no, dude, I wasn't talking about you. So, yeah, I think just, like, stuff like that, helping them understand that. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it just led to really good conversation. And even just there's a girl who, like, and I, and I, and I'm not saying this is the model that works for everyone, but last night just we have a student who, she's like, you know, she's, we were saying good, good father. And she has a very, very warped view of God and a father. And she's, mm -hmm. she runs outside, she's crying, she's bawling. And, you know, she's just like, I feel so effed up. Like she says the F word. And, you know, most students in ministry are probably like, oh, well, you can't say that, da, 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 or just watch what you say. And I'm just like, you're, you're lamenting. Like, this is what it looks like to lament like and so I started talking to her about this like you know the bible like David the psalms were, were about people lamenting just the way that you're lamenting right now and so it's like using that moment to help her draw near to Jesus um and help her realize like her heavenly father is meeting her where she is and like you are human you are flawed you will make mistakes and it wasn't me. It wasn't a, I need to correct her. She shouldn't be using the F word, but it's like, she's bawling. She's crying. She's lamenting. And it's just like being there, just being there right now. Um, and just help and just being just, and I just hugged her and I was like, it's okay. Like, I love you. God loves you. We're here for you. And just listening to her just lament. Um, so yeah, we just make space for that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, just one last question before we go. Yeah. Uh, something I've been asking everybody is, uh, since this podcast is called The Brewed Life, it, whenever you visit a coffee shop, what is your drink of choice? <laughs> oh, man. Um, usually, it's pretty boring. It's an um, iced Americano. <laughs> that's, um, that's my go-to if brew. I don't know what to yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's just made basically just a iced americano. <laughs> I'm actually yep. drinking a iced americano right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and if anybody's listening, like maybe they're a parent, or maybe they're another, you know, student leader, uh, youth pastor, and they have questions or want to contact you, what's the best way to find you? Yeah, um, you can either email me at josh at brookside.org. Um, or you can, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I can send you my, all my links to or whatnot. But yeah, we, we are a group of students and, and leaders who are just trying to, to walk and follow Jesus the best way we can. Um, the, we have a hogpotch of students. We don't have one school that funnels into our youth ministry. We have a hogpotch of just different schools and different backgrounds and experiences. So yeah. Awesome. We're there. Well, thank you so much, 
for coming on yeah, here man. and uh, thank you for really having good. me. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation with Josh and got some uh, new information out there that you can apply to your own life and maybe your own family. If you feel like there is somebody in your life or in your circles that would benefit from this conversation, please feel free to share this with them. Uh, you can follow us on social media at The Brood Life on either Facebook or Instagram. And make sure you go out to your favorite platform and like and subscribe and rate and review the podcast and share it with anybody that you think would enjoy what we do here. So uh, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we are doing a uh, giveaway right now that is going through the end of the week and it ends at midnight on October 30th. And we'll be doing the giveaway on October 30th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so go out to Instagram or Facebook and find that post that will give you some instructions on what you need to do in order to enter uh, the, uh, what you need to do really is just uh, like the post, tag a friend that you think either would enjoy the podcast or that you uh, want to have a conversation with, and then uh, go out to your podcast platform and uh, subscribe rate and review it and then once you rate and review it just send a screenshot through direct message to the podcast showing that you did leave a review just because sometimes it takes a few days for it to pop up there and you will be entered into the contest and there is uh, some ways to get some extra entries into the contest as well so go out and check that out Uh, I will see you guys here in a couple of days with another great conversation that I think you're going to look forward to. I uh, will be talking with my friend Kirsch, who will be back for the fourth time. So uh, stay tuned and make sure you grab a cup of coffee and grab a friend and have a conversation. <laughs>